Today we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. And my prayer all week has been, give us ears to hear. Give us ears to hear the word of God. And, but the great thing is, God has been speaking to us from the moment we kicked off this morning. How good is that to have a God who's so interested, so cares about us as we press into him? So we're going to read from chapter 13. Oh, just one thing. This is about the parable of the sower, as I said, and uh, I'm not an agricultural person. I know some of you are. Some of you do agricultural stuff for a living. So if I say some things that are slightly not true from an agricultural sense, well, just live with it. You know, you'll be all right. You'll get over it. (laughs) But I did do last year. I did. um, You know, we moved into a house and it had just mud. That's what I call it. And... um, we said, let's get some lawn. And some friend of mine said, don't bother spending a lot of money on turf. Do it yourself, like with the seed stuff. This is tying in, right? You do get that. And, uh, and what a joy. Like, you, you dig it over. I did all the work. This friend of mine just threw the seed. He did the easy bit. Anyway, the next week or a couple of weeks, grass starts growing. And I was very excited about this. You know, like, you just see it growing. You look bemused like of course it does I know but anyway a little insight into my life I'm not a gardener as you might know but anyway chapter 13 verses 1 to 23 the parable of the sower that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake such large crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore then he told them many things in parables saying a farmer went out to sow his seed And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell among the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In him is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the, parables of the, the parable of the sower means. When anyone, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed along the path. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. 
when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Parable of the sower, well known to us, I'm sure, many of us anyway. And Jesus, crowds are gathering again, sits in a boat, and the crowd are standing up. And that was the culture of the day. The guy doing the teaching sat down, and the crowd stood up. So why not be biblical? No, I won't do that today. Maybe it'll keep you wide awake for the whole thing, but we're not going to do that. The beauty of this parable is that, and it's true of many of the parables actually, is that Jesus explains the meaning. And I like that. It keeps it nice and simple. No ambiguity. All straightforward, except the only one he was telling who got the full explanation was the, was the disciples. And verse 10 says, why do you speak to the disciples? Asked him, why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. The secrets of the kingdom of heaven. I think we got some secrets of the kingdom of heaven this morning as we worship the king. So meaning some will understand it and some won't. Parables actually do two things. They reveal to those who have a heart towards God and conceal, to those who are attentive, those who are interested, those who are drawn in, understanding will come. But to others, it won't be like that. The little they have or the little they think they have, even that will be taken away. Jesus is saying they don't get it because they're dull of it. They're dull to their hearing of it. Their hearts are hard. Not intellectually dull. It's not that they were stupid or anything like that. But dull to the message of Jesus. The message of the power of the gospel. Already in their hearts, they're moving away from God. Not towards him. And that, of course, is the story of the religious leaders and the story of many people who came to listen to Jesus. They might have been intellectually bright, very switched on. But it's not about that. It's about hearts and hearts that were hardened and not getting into what Jesus wanted them to know. But those drawn to Jesus were gaining understanding, were growing in understanding. And more as we move through the Gospels, we see that with the disciples, don't we? Sometimes they got it right. Moments of revelation for the disciples. Peter said, you are the Christ. Bing, big moment, understanding. And there were mistakes as well. Jesus had to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. So it's not like this one-off moment, but there's a growing understanding of the kingdom of God and the the secrets of heaven, the secrets of the kingdom of God. And as we go through it this morning, I think we'll get clear that there's an understanding of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven because they've been revealed to us and more will be revealed. But it's not as a result that that means, oh, I've got something to be proud of. My heart must be good towards God. We'll work out as we go on. It's not quite like that. So the first thing I want to talk about is the seed. Obviously, the parable of the sower is about the seed. And the seed is the word of God. I'm sure you will have picked that up at some point in your readings, if you've read it before. 
And as it says in each of the four descriptions, the four types of soil, it says someone who hears the word. So each part of the soil, someone is hearing the word. And I know this is obvious. Even with a cursory reading, we just have a quick glance through this. Even if you're reading this part of the Bible and you've got the TV on, you're watching Sport or Traitor or some other program that you're watching, you will get that the seed is the word of God. And the seed needs planting or sowing. I don't know the difference, but one of those things, scattering. So what are we planting? What are you and I planting? Well, you might be thinking, well, that's on you. You're the one up here today speaking. But it's not just on the person up here speaking, is it? How about in your grace group? How about if you're in kids' work? How about to the young people who just went out and get teaching upstairs? How about when you're encouraging people, you're, you're looking after someone? What are we sowing into people's lives? What about at the school gate? What about your colleagues at work, in your family, in your, the people, those who are around us, wherever you find yourselves? We're called to be sowers of the seed in and every situation. And we mustn't underestimate its effect. And that's what we'll be looking at in a, in a moment or two. The word of God is powerful. It changes lives. It takes dead people into new life. It stirs hearts. It brings, it brings great encouragement. But it also divides, as we read just a little bit earlier. Timothy writes, all scripture is God-breathed. Isaiah says, his word will not return to him void. Peter writes, his word will endure forever. Hebrews 4, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's the power of the word, the seed that goes out. Now, that doesn't mean tomorrow morning when you're at the office having a cup of tea, you know, that sort of thing at the school gate, someone says to you, what did you do the weekend? How was your weekend? I don't think it means something like this. Well, Sabbath rest is a gift from God. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath unto the Lord. You know, I don't think that's quite what it means. It'd be a little bit weird if tomorrow morning, you know, you're having a cup of tea and someone just polite to you says, what was your weekend like? I don't think it means quoting Bible verses at people every moment of every day. That would be odd. That would be weird. But it does matter what sort of gospel we tell people. Because what we tell people has an effect. If you tell people, yeah, Jesus loves you, that's absolutely true. We know that's true. Your life will be perfect. At some point, it is not perfect. Probably quite quickly. And people, when difficulty comes, they fall away. But the main emphasis of the parable is on the word, is on the seed, but is also on the hearer, upon the soil. And there are four categories. And this is how people hear the word of God. But it's also about how we hear the word of God. So the first one, the first seed fell along the path. Verse 4 says this, As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Then in verse 19, Jesus gives this explanation. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. It fell along the path, a path that's hard, pressed down, trampled down, has not been prepared for the seed. The hearer 
of this is hard of heart, will not listen, has a heart of stone, and has no interest, probably even hostile to the gospel, dismisses the seed out of hand. Have you ever spoken to someone like that? I'm sure you have. I know I have. Question comes, you might be in a little crowd, maybe tomorrow morning you're all having a cup of tea just before you start work. And there's a couple of people interested and there's a couple who are not. And they make it clear, puff out their cheeks, roll their eyes, that sort of thing. It happens, doesn't it? Here we go again, the religious person. It shouldn't surprise us when that happens because it's right here in the word. Some will not receive it even on this basic level. The evil one has snatched it away right at the beginning. The birds have come and eaten it up. And, you know, I'm getting used to this sort of Sussex lifestyle and you see more birds around here than you ever did in south-east London. And, uh, and what I recognise is if they see something to snatch and eat, they're pretty lively. They move quickly. They see the seed, identify it and readily go and get it. It's gone in a moment. And therefore... For us, as we tell people about the gospel, as we tell people about Jesus, we can expect disappointment. It's not all going to be lovely and not everyone's going to welcome what we've got to say to them. But we don't say, I'm never doing that again. Don't worry about a bit of rejection. Of course, there's wisdom in the right time. We, we know that. We need to ask questions, talk to people, take an interest in people. But more importantly, just as importantly, pray for them. God, will you change them? Bring revelation. Open their eyes to the gospel that they may have ears to hear. And how about you and me, how we receive the word, how we receive the word of God? Because it matters for you and me. And there's an evil one. It's right here. And Ola brought that word, didn't he? There is an evil one out to steal and destroy. He wants to do you harm. He wants you to be totally distracted. We need to ask God, God, would you reveal yourself? Would you come and show me more of your word? I want to be a 30, 60, 100-fold person. I want to know the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. Help me to hear well. Every Sunday when we come in, help me to hear well. God, what are you saying? When I open my Bible, God, what are you saying to me? I want to understand more so I can live for him according to what he says, that I may gain the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And maybe this morning you recognise in your spirit that you've been a bit dull to that. It's been hard work. It's a struggle. Well, it doesn't have to stay that way. Make a mental note. Make a little mental note right now. That's me. You know, if you feel like that's what God is saying to you. Because it doesn't have to stay that way. And we're going to have an opportunity to pray for one another at the end. Then some fell on rocky places. Verses 5 and 6 says this. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. And then verses 20 and 21. Then Jesus gives the explanation to the disciples. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. God is wanting us to get a right view. He's wanting us to understand what is going on in people's hearts as we speak to people. He wants us to see things according to his word. His word. 
There will be people who make just an emotional response, who are moved by God in a moment. And of course, that's great. We want that. We want people to be moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does move us. We should expect that. If you go from death to life, that's going to be emotional. That's going to be a great thing. It's considerable. It's a work of God. It is God himself revealing the truth. And so for many of us, that moment of coming to know God was an emotional moment. And other times, this morning even. And I am personally very good with that. I'm happy with that. I want to encounter God. But it has to be more than that. It's got to go a bit deeper. We should be gutted when we see, and you know, have a little moment thought, when we see someone or we know someone who they've enjoyed, they seem to have really grasped hold of something of God and they're no longer around. And there's countless people like that who've seemingly not quite made it or are in this camp. Trouble comes. Decisions need to be made. Am I going to follow Jesus or get into this sexual relationship? Am I going to follow Jesus or keep going with these dodgy, ungodly dealings or manoeuvres? How about when my family are against the gospel? A family member says, what is wrong with you? Why is it taking over your life? Chill out a bit. Well, I knew a family that came to church. This is a few years back. And this lad came into church. He was 17 years of age. And he walked in and he said, I want to know God. First time in church. He came in, encountered God, totally transformed. His mum and dad followed, come in. What is this all about? They both seemingly got saved. I do believe they did get saved. But there was a nagging thing going on in the back of their lives. And, and this, the, the grandma to the, the boy, and then obviously the mum to the, one of the parents, was, what is wrong with you? I do not want you to get baptised. And in the end, they fell away on the account of that. Troubles came and they fell away. Someone was fighting tooth and nail. And it was a, obviously the, the nan, but it's the enemy snatching away something that God was doing. Troubles came and they fell away. The seed falls on rocky ground. They hear it with joy, but since it has no root, it lasts only a short time. How do we respond? Firstly, we need to remind ourselves that is not the end. That is not the end of the story. I don't know what's happened to these people, but God knows. And I have to pray. You know, I want to pray, God, will you water this seed? Bring other people across their path. May they be another prodigal son story that I never find out about. People who were amongst us, that may they be prodigals coming back to God, here or somewhere else. And maybe for those around us who are new in the faith, let's get alongside them. Let's water what God is doing. Let's nurture. Let's feed. Let's encourage. Spend time with people. Of course, if the, if the seed has gone on rocky ground, all the pursuing in the world is not going to change that. But we want to pursue people and pray. God, I pray that they get to know you. God, will you bring other people across their path? Be persistent in prayer. And then some seed fell among the thorns. It says this in verse 7. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. 
And then Jesus explained again in verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choked the word, making it unfruitful. And I think this soil amongst them all is the one most prevalent in our society, in our situation. Wealth, good health, happiness are to be desired at all costs. And there's a battle we're facing that perhaps are not faced other places in the world, other times in, in the history of the world. People say, well, why do I need God? I've got all that I need. I've got everything. And if I haven't got everything, I'll find a way to get it. And I think we live in a culture and a time and a geography that is thorn-infested. I like this, Jesus, but, but what, you have a claim on my life? Oh, I think I'm out now. What, my money, my relationships, my time? Yeah, I can do one in four. I think I would choose self-rule over kingdom rule. The lure of this world, whether it be money, power, sex, self-fulfillment, is very attractive and, and, and very seductive. Jesus said this, It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say, But all things are possible with God. We mustn't underestimate this. There's a battle going on. We need to pray and keep asking God, release people into the kingdom. We don't need to preach a soft gospel. It brings power, it's powerful and it changes lives. But his reign and his lordship is costly. But you know, if you're a follower of a Jesus, you know it is so worth it. The disciples says, well, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. When Jesus has won your heart truly, there is nowhere else to go. Nothing else compares. Even amongst the most difficult of challenges, we say, it's you, Jesus. There's nowhere else I can go. And how about those who see, seem to you know, be among the thorns? This life and its comforts take the biggest precedence. You know, that's a challenge for us because we have a bombardment of stuff. You need more, you need more. Let's pray for ourselves and for our family members and for the church that these roots go deeper and deeper into our lives. And maybe as you're hearing this word, you might be thinking, yeah, I can be a bit like that. I know I can. You know, like we have our good days and not so good days. We all have that. But I view the word through this lens. My comforts, my felt needs, over planning for the future. I need it all mapped out. We have a daily fight on our hands, so we need to be purposeful and intentional, push back the expectations of the world and say, God, I need more of you. I want my roots to go so deep. Help me in everything that I do, with my money, my time, my resources, everything. Ask God to give you opportunities to take some risks. I get a bit fed up with myself from time to time, well, maybe more than that, but a little bit anyway, when I'm not living by faith, I'm not experiencing this, I'm not living in the good of this. I want to live in a way that demonstrates my real absolute need for God all the time. And we're on a journey, right? You know, we're not all there all at once, but he promises to complete the work he began in us. But I know I want more. I want more of God today than I did yesterday. That's how I want to live. 
And if you feel the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of riches are a distraction or they're weighing you down, well, you too can respond at the end to get some prayer. The word will change us. God wants to change us by the power of his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, the other seed fell on good soil. Verse 8 says, still other seed fell on good soil. And where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Then Jesus explained, verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 what was sown. Good soil. Good soil. Not by your lovely nature, although you are lovely people. It's not anything that we've done. God has ploughed it. God has turned it over. God has stirred it up. God has enabled the seed to take root as the gospel was preached into your life. And sometimes the ploughing can feel painful. We can look on and see people's lives are painful and there's a struggle. Well, we don't always need to find the absolute solution for them. Because sometimes God is doing a deep work and we have to go through some struggles. I don't know about you, but you feel like, I reckon this is true for most of us, if not all of us. We learn the most in those struggles, not in our successes. We look back and go, God taught me some things there. He changed me. And it's true for the person who's hearing the gospel. It's not always, I've got all the answers, I've got all the solutions, do this, do that. Allow God to do the work because he will do it. We can trust him. The word will not return to him void. The gospel will produce fruit. It's the power of God unto salvation. And there is nothing like it. It works in your life. It works in mine. God has changed our lives. And it's not, that, it's not about intellect and understanding. It's not about our cleverness. Therefore, I will yield a hundredfold. No. When God breaks in, he reveals himself to us and there's a multiplication. A multiplication because God is at work. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, some of you in this room have done Alpha, I reckon. Um, been on, helped lead an Alpha or stuff or actually done the course. And Nicky Gumbel, who leads the Alpha course, he's, uh, let's just say he's quite um, well-spoken. Let's just leave it there. Lovely guy. And he says, I'm a lawyer. And my son's a lawyer, and my daughter's a lawyer, and my mum's a lawyer, and, and basically this whole family line are lawyers. And his final line is, he says, I even think my cat's a lawyer, you know, so he's making this point, and he's a very clever man, obviously, and he presents it beautifully well. And then I've got a friend who, he came from a different route. He committed a terrible crime. He did some terrible things. He was addicted to drugs. He went to prison. He struggled with his life. But God revealed himself to him. He needed God, and Nicky Gumbel needed God, and all of us in between. We need revelation from God. As we tell people, it's not how clever we are at describing the gospel. God will bring revelation. He will change lives. And I just love that story. The guy who went to prison, his guilt and shame gone. Nicky Gumbel said he felt guilt and shame when someone thought he'd nicked a jumper. You know, but he still needed forgiveness. There's something dramatic about the power of the gospel. We need to take heart. We need to take heart because 
We know we're going to experience disappointment when we share the gospel with people, when we tell, Je- tell people about Jesus, the word. That's why it's here, to tell us. Expect disappointment. Persist in prayer. Pray. Ask God for deep roots to go deeper and deeper. And we need to sow the right seed. If we sow a false gospel, a prosperity gospel or something like that, a gospel that says it's all going to be brilliant, it's all going to be perfect for you from this time on, we will have false converts. We'll have people in our midst who haven't really understood what it means to follow Jesus. We need to be patient as well because it takes time to grow. A seed takes time. I looked out on that bit of mud in my back garden and the first days, first couple of weeks probably, nothing was happening. I thought, no, it's not going to happen. I must have done something wrong. But then it just started to come up, these green little shoots. And now I'd like to say there's a perfect lawn. Well, no, because I'm still in charge of it. But it's green. God does something. And we need to remember that. We need to be patient. And we need to ask God, will you produce in me someone who yields much fruit? I'm asking God, give me a hundredfold. I don't think that's wrong. Ask God to give you a hundredfold. He wants to use us. And the conclusion in this is, is that some will be thoroughly saved. That's what the parable of the sower is saying. And it also indicates and says that some will not. And that helps us with our, with our expectation. And, you know, 25% of the story, one quarter, one of them, is good soil. However, I don't think... That is meant to be a maths thing. That means 25% will get saved and, and the rest won't. Because God moves in different ways at different times. And, and as I was preparing this, I was just stirred by my, my... I read a book on the Welsh revival at some time. And God came and changed towns and villages. He came and closed down pubs. Well, they were had no use of them because they stopped drinking. Courthouses were made redundant. The police had very little to do. Pit ponies didn't know what to do in the mines because the swearing stopped, because God had moved upon a, upon a group of people. The fields are white unto harvest. The harvest is ripe, but the labourers are few. And I'm praying that we engage in a time when it's not just a few that get saved. Many hear the gospel and respond Romans 10, 14, 15, we're coming to a close now, says this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I just asked Toby and the band to come back up. I want to be a sent one. I don't know about you. Do you want to be a sent one? I hope you do. And we're going to worship in a moment. So let's stand to our feet. I said there's a couple of categories for us who might feel, yeah, I've got a bit dull. You know, I have read the Bible, but it's been a long time now. I had those moments where I struggle, but I didn't get to Saturday. And that Saturday was a long time ago. Well, I want to, you to be prayed for today. And maybe you're one of those where the riches of this world and the worries of this world have, 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 have lured you in a bit. Why don't you respond to God today 
and say, God, I, I, want, I want to get back right on track with you today. And maybe you want to be one of those who wants to bear much fruit. You want to be a sent person. You want to be a hundredfold person. We're going to worship. But as we do, like, I think we could all respond, right, with one of those because I've covered pretty much everything and everyone. But you might feel like, oh, I've got to do something about this. I've got to move and, and do something about this today. So we're going to worship. And if you fit into any one of those categories, come to the front. Make a move. As soon as we start singing, make a move to the front. And we'll pray for you that you be filled with the Holy Spirit and you encounter God. So we're going to worship and then make a move to the front and we'd love to pray for you.